We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following. following. the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Look forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? Fourteen million six hundred five. How many did we win? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 264. I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me as we totally figured out last episode, he is the greatest (laughs) fucking co-host to ever live, you fucks. Welcome back, Tyler. How's it going? Are you going to do this every week? I'm not sure. I'm just feeling it out, man. I just mentally need to be prepared. Because, like, I want to have, like, a witty one-liner prepared, and I don't want to just giggle the whole time. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, Patriots uh, banged out a win today, was- which, is, which is good. I got gumbo. I got gumbo on the stove with cornbread. So it, it's good living here at the, at the, the Mac Shack. You're, oh, the Mac Shack. I fucking love that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to remember you said that. Uh, anyways, I'm sure that all the smells are really great right now in your house. The gumbo is just permeating. Your kitchen is only to the left of you a few, mm-hmm. what, like 12 feet or so. So, I mean, it's... it's... Uh, like, like 20 feet maybe at the uh, most. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I was just close referencing. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, how's it been, man? What What you been up to? Uh, yesterday was a day full of children's birthday parties. Uh, we went to a Halloween party for a little bit. Um, got to got to roll some dice and play some Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh, Ruby's making a quick appearance. Little D and D style. The Rubles is coming on the podcast. Hi, Ruby. Say hello to everybody. Hello. <laughs> Go eat your dinner. Go eat it. Go. Go eat your dinner. <laughs> Kids are fucking weird, bro. <laughs> yeah, she uh that's a that's a one of a kind critter right there. <laughs> that was the strangest thing. Usually she's like, hey, or talks or something is kinda nice, and this was just like Hala <laughs> <laughs> She's going through this she's going th- through this phase right now where Ruby Ruby is very articulate for a kid that's not even three years old. Um but she is fascinated with talking like a baby right now. So that that was a that was like a, a sneak peek of that. So we will be having a conversation because 
unlike most two to three year olds, she can she can have like a full blown conversation. Um, and you'll ask her a question, and she'll just go. It's almost like bars attacks. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I mean, I could understand. I could understand the aliens from Mars Attacks probably better than I can understand her when she does the baby talk shit. Um, so it's it's Operation Get Rid of Baby Talk uh, in the Mac Shack right now. That's one of those you pull out the crib and the pacifier and be like, all right, you want to act like a baby? You're going to get treated like a baby. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's tough, right man. Now. But Ruby is smart enough that she's like, well... If I have a pacifier and, and stuff, that means I have to do less, you know? Oh, shit. She'll, she'll just game the system. Ooh, what have you done? What have you created? Yeah, I, God help me if he exists. Because, I, like I, I always say it, I mean, and, and Skylar, Skylar put it plain, she put it the best. Ruby is a Sour Patch Kid given life. Because most of the time she's sour... The next moment, she's sweet. And you're like, aw. As I hear mm-hmm. your wife scream at her loudly. Yep. From I mean, it's room. just... D- dinner time is the rough is is the roughest of times. Man. No, I feel you. It's crazy. We had, like, a delicious dinner yesterday that spilled into today because leftovers dinner is sometimes the absolute best. But Oh, man. V makes this company's coming chicken. I've talked about it several times. We literally eat it, like, two to three times a week just because it's... Mm-hmm that fucking good but we had it last night like dialed up to 11 went to the store got all the fixings we literally got the world's freshest rotisserie chicken they literally at Meyer had just taken it out of their fresh oven and put it directly into the thing and -hmm. they were like who's first in line and I was like well I've been standing here for about a half hour waiting on this chicken and she put the little thing on it and said there you go and handed it off and I was like oh (laughs) this is amazing it's gonna cook Oh man, man! I no. man, I love I love those rotisserie chickens for what they cost. You can't buy you can't buy a whole a whole chicken for what it costs to buy a rotisserie, and I'm then you. and you don't have to cook it. Like my my ninja foodie will will cook a whole five pound bird in about twenty minutes. Holy with shit! The, with the pressure cooker and the air fryer, but all I got to do is drive right up the road and grab one, and then bring it back, and then do whatever I want with it at that point. You know. Yeah, you can't man. beat it. No, you can't. And like Meyer had them on sale for fucking three dollars. They're usually five dollars. I'm like, <laughs> duh, mine. Click. Also I would have got, got two of them. We um, we know what we said that too. We should. We were driving home. We're like, fuck. Why didn't we get a second one? I was like, because we're not greedy assholes. That's why. Like we were just. We asked for one chicken. We're gonna just leave with the one chicken. I guess is how it works. Retrospectively, I was like. Really, it would have been dope to double down this whole recipe and like be fat as fuck because those leftovers they were good, but there was not enough left over. You yeah, know what I'm saying and I was like, God damn it! But uh, no, man, I got Spider Man on Blu-ray because you know with Spidey being back in the MCU, I don't have to boycott them. I can throw my dollars their way. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I have the entire Infinity Saga on Blu-ray. I'm so jazzed to say that. That's so cool. Speaking of that, did you see the the legitimate Infinity Saga uh, Blu-ray Mega Pack come out the other day? Edition. Oh yeah. Oh. Did you see the price tag on that? No. Uh, let me pull it up real quick while you exposition. Guess. Okay. I'm guessing it's 4K throw, Blu-ray. Throw I'm a number 350 out. 350 is the number. 
I'm going to say $350. I think that's fair guesstimation. Uh, are you ready? Sure. The Infinity Saga Collector's Edition 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray um, only at Best Buy. Okay? Okay. $550.99. <laughs> oh, they're fucking higher than kite. Okay, so I, I, I'm pulling the actual thing up here. It is... Uh, actually, I'll just screen share so you can see this. Oh, there you go. Let me just second to do a little little screen share action. Yep. Why won't it let me? There we go. Okay. There we go. Okay. Oh, cool. Can you oh, see? Cool. Yeah, I can, you can see me. Seeing you can you, see seeing me. Seeing yeah, you. it's like it's Inception here. All right. So this this sweet little tidbit right here is what we got. So this is uh, one side of the box set with you got Thanos with the gauntlet and everything. Um, it comes with a, a exclusive lithograph, um, a letter from Kevin Feige. It's it's a numbered limited edition, and then each. Each individual movie, or each movie is individually packed. They all have their own unique art going through it. And then there's a 100% bonus disc. Includes never-before-seen, deleted, and extended scenes and more, is what it says. Five. So it's $550. There's 23 movies total, yep. Yeah. Okay, so... <clears throat> 23... Let's just say it's 20, 23 times the average price of a 4K, 4K Blu-ray is around $28, sure, right? Sure, Okay. So if you just bought the movies at $28 each, you would spend $644 even without, without tax and all that bullshit factored in. Okay, so this has a discount and you get a bonus disc. And you, you get the art and the lithograph, and it's numbered. So even it, though... Was it signed as well? Is that what I'm seeing in the lid? Is that actual signatures or are those fake signatures? Um, I would imagine that they are uh, signatures that were just printed. Oh, okay. I just copied. Tell. Gotcha. Um, but so, I mean, the, the letter from Kevin Feige is kind of cool. I don't, I don't really know how much value that would have. Um... Yeah, I mean the lithograph looks cool, and I like how the ends of each of the book, the booklets for the movie or the the packaging for for each individual Blu-ray is a part of that same lithograph when it's in the box set. I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the spines make the art. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you. I got you. Um, but you know, five hundred and fifty dollars. That's that's pretty salty. And they don't have just a straight up Blu-ray version. Am I correct on that? It only no, it, it's it's only the 4K Ultra dumb. HD. Ugh. They could have made but, so much money if they would have put the Blu-rays in an Infinity Gauntlet and sold that as a collector's edition. Mm-hmm. People would have been like, and and came all over their drawers and went oh, out yeah. and bought it immediately. I would have probably but, tried to buy it. You know, I. It, I would imagine that this is basically just the first run of something that they're going to do. 
you know, around Christmas time, they might re-release something like this where you take out the letter, you take out the signatures, maybe you take out the lithograph, and it's all the movies for maybe, I don't know, 400 bucks or something, let's say. Around the holidays, they Friday would. Sale. Yep, they would sell them. They would sell them out everywhere. You know this. This specific thing is is a Best Buy exclusive. So, um, I don't know if there are more coming that are different kinds of exclusives. Yeah, I mean because there's no. I mean, why? Why doesn't Walmart get an exclusive? Why doesn't Amazon get an exclusive thing? You know, and it's it's just. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not certain, but I will say it is awesome to see it. I would also say that how pissed would you be if you were a person that went out and bought all the collector's editions of Phase 1 and Phase 2? Like, Phase 1 was the, you know, the uh, briefcase that had the Tesseract in it with the first few movies, and then Phase 2 was the orb and had a bunch of movies, and they never make one for Phase 3, apparently. They're not going to make one for Phase 3. I would be pissed. But they're going to jump ahead and be like, you have to buy this collector's edition 4K. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I, I would be pissed. Um, you know, that's that's kind of why, like, <sighs> you know, we talked about the Star Wars complete, uh, the complete saga uh, last week. That's part of the reason why I waited so long to buy that box set. That's why I have never bought the complete, Extended edition Lord of the Rings box set where it's all three Hobbit movies extended, all three Lord of the Rings movies extended because I already own them all. You know, I, I'm not. I, I love I love these I, I I love this IP and and just everything about it, but I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay double to continue loving it. You know what I mean? Totally, I totally understand that. Now let me ask you a question. I know you have like that Disney Club member thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You get the movies. It, was Spider Man a part of that this month? Did, was that even a thing? Considering it's a part of Sony. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me look. It'll take me. Okay. I'm already. I'm already logged in here. Um. So the movie that I received in this month was actually two movies. I got the. 4K Blu-ray edition of the original Aladdin, and then I also got the 4K Blu-ray edition of the new Aladdin. And then next month, I will get the 4K Blu-ray version of Toy Story 4. Um, let me see if Spider-Man's on here. Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. I've already watched that Sp- movie like 14 Sp- times. Spider-Man is not uh, not a part of this. Ouch. Yep. Of Damn. of any of any capacity. Damn. Uh, that's a good segue, I guess. Because did you hear about the Spider-Man news? Do you know about this? Uh the the fact that Tom Holland was the one that brought Spidey back. Much like the Christ-like figure he was in the first movie, pulling that boat and keeping it together, mm-hmm. the deal was 100% dead. Done. They had said it was over. There's no negotiating. There's no way. Tom Holland gets on the phone, calls Bob Iger, and says, Hey, man, we got to go back to the table and make this happen. 
And, you know, he actually leveraged being in movies and other properties that they haven't actually started. That he's like, look, I'll walk away from all of it. I don't, I don't fucking care. I'd rather make Spider-Man, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Tom Holland's beautiful, I'm not fucking leaving from uh, Wolf of Wall Street. was just like, right. yes. You know what? You know what? What? I'm not doing it. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> ah, everybody fucking freaks out. I love that scene. Oh shit! I, see, and and uh, you and I had had talked a little bit, maybe off air. I can't remember or not, but um, you know, we talked about the master negotiator and everything on air. Um, you know, the the truth comes to light now. Tom Holland was the ne- the master negotiator. Man, he 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 just he was in the perfect position. And, and you, 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 we as fans already give Tom Holland a lot of credit for for who he is as a person, for his caliber as an actor, you know, everything that he does in the industry, blah, 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 the list goes on. But what we need to start giving this guy credit on is, is how big his fucking nuts are. Because <laughs> he he said, you know what? I am going to take the, I'm going to play this cool and see what happens for the first couple weeks. And then if I need to get involved, I will. And then he walked into the office. He's got Disney by the nuts in one hand, and he's got Sony by the nuts in the other hand. Sets him down in the chair and says, figure this shit out because this is not acceptable. And that's incredible. You know what I think, and this is just my opinion, I actually don't think this was his alone decision to make. I think he thought about this decision long and hard, and I think that you nailed nailed the hammer on the head with saying that he let it play cool for the first few weeks. He was silent. He didn't make any moves. But if you look at some of the people he was around in those first few weeks, most importantly, he was spending time with RDJ, Robert Downey mm-hmm. Jr. Do you think he walks up to Robert Downey Jr. and says, hey, man, I got this idea, and I don't know if it's going to work, and Robert Downey Jr. is sitting there just smiling, going, this kid's got bigger fucking balls than any of us. What the mm-hmm. fuck? You know? Like, right. this is insane. And he goes, of course you should should do that no actor has the courage to do that to stand toe-to-toe with the company that's going to pay you and be like am i worth it to lose because if he walks away from spider-man it's dead i mean it's yeah. done well and i i think a better way to phrase it would be is this deal worth your entire fan base yes absolutely because, because and, and and you know take it with a grain of salt not everyone would abandon Spider-Man, but but those of us that are passionate, which is at at this point in 2019, almost 2020, you know, we're in October now. Um we're in the end game of of, of 2019. Jesus. It there is enough of us that are that are that are uber passionate about Tom Holland's portrayal as the character and his role in the MCU up until this point that you know, I I might not watch the next five MCU movies in theaters. I I mean, I liked we we as as fans liked Far From Home so much, and you know his his limited role in Endgame and and the part that he played in Infinity War and the whole the whole story arc with with Tony, uh, to do that to the character that 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 was that important to the main character um, of the Avengers, essentially. Uh, I might not watch the next five movies in theaters. But 
luckily they said, hey, let's let's yep. not call it. Let's not call it quits. You know, I can't quit you, Disney. And Disney said, I can't quit you, Sony. And mm-hmm. Tom Holland went, okay, Apple, if you're going to buy Sony, now's your fucking chance. I stalled long enough, bastards. You know, and so so now, and I mean that's another thing too. That's not being considered in all of this. There is still time for Spider-Man to fully come back. Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh, there's one more movie plus his movie. You know, like Spider-Man three plus one more appearance. And I'm saying, sure, you can say that all the live long day, but if if you want my honest opinion, it's not going to be the end of Spider-Man because something's going to happen. Either Disney will buy the rights to Sony or Spider-Man outright, whatever they decide. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, they can look at it and go, "Well, financially, how do we do this year?" Well, look at Endgame. We made the highest-grossing movie of all time. We got extra money. Fuck yeah! How much extra money? I don't know. Enough to buy all Spidey. of it. Yeah, we could probably afford Spider-Man now. Why aren't we fucking doing that? We're just waiting for you. Oh, okay, cool. We'll, fu- we'll fucking do it. Do it, please. Go, do it. Go buy, go buy Spidey or Sony altogether. Of course, if they tried to buy Sony altogether, I think that it would be a big battle in the courts because of monopolizing the entertainment industry. However, I think they do have a shot at getting Spider-Man back, and I think that Tom Holland deserves huge praise. Absolutely. Uh, I think he also saw, you know, the reaction from the fans and was like, damn, they really love me. Like, it was kind of like the mask winning the award in that movie. They like me. They really like me, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's divert our attention away from Spider-Man. We have riffed a lot on Spidey and we, you know, obviously love him. But uh, let's talk about this shit. I don't. Did you hear about this Martin Scorsese drama? <clears throat> yeah, I got the Google actually sent me the notification uh, right when that main article dropped yesterday. It was yesterday, right? Or was it the day before? Uh, this was on the third, so three days ago in the yep. late okay. evening. So technically, yep. the fourth was the day it yep. was prominent in headlines. Yep. Yeah. So so right when that the first couple articles dropped, Google sent me a notification, and I read through it. And Scorsese's, you know, one of the the. I mean, he's he's in the upper echelon of directors of all time. I mean, if if there is a Hall of Fame, Scorsese's in it for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so, if you haven't picked up on that by now, I'm a big Scorsese fan. Uh, I'm not so much anymore uh, because, in a nutshell, Scorsese basically said that superhero movies aren't real cinema and they're a joke. Yeah, and exactly. I, I I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah, I mean, he is the mastermind behind The Departed, which was one of my all-time favorite movies all time. Uh he's done countless other films, but like to to be so blatantly disrespectful. And I guess the thing is it's the way he went about it. So here's the exact quote he said uh when someone asked about <clears throat> Marvel movies. He said, I don't see them. I tried, you know, it, but that's not cinema. Uh, honestly, the closest I can think of them as well made as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances is theme parks. This isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being, which I think is complete and utter horseshit, if you want my opinion. I think that's mm-hmm. a terrible thing to say, especially saying that he has, considering he hasn't seen them. How can you not watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and not well up at the end? Just saying. Or Endgame. Or 
I mean, there are countless other moments in, in the MCU that are shining examples of pure emotion on display. So right. he, while us fans have been outraged, people in the comic book community and in the movie verse community are also kind of pissed off. Now, have you seen any of that stuff? Uh, I saw James Gunn clap back uh, about, and, and I'm sure you have the article pulled up, but basically Gunn said that, you know, in the time of yesteryear, uh, he supported Scar- Scorsese, and now Scorsese's basically just spitting in his face. Yeah, he said, uh, Martin Scorsese is one of my top five favorite living filmmakers. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. Mm-hmm. I'm saddened that he now judge is judging my films in the same way. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad. And it's totally, it's totally unwarranted, and it's unprovoked. You know, what it amounts to, in, in my opinion, is Scorsese doesn't have the market share of the industry. Because of what Marvel and Disney and Warner Brothers and DC have have, have just become, it, 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 you know, it's it should in reality it should be to the point where there's so much that we don't want to watch it anymore. But it's it's so good that it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think that when a movie can transcend it being about caped crusaders. And you're driven by the story, by the telling of these people's emotions, and that's what's driving the characters for you. And it's not that, oh my God, he's wearing the bat suit, you know, and that's the thing you right. get every time you see Batman on screen or whatever. Like, it's hard for me, man. And it's interesting. Joss Whedon also came out and said something. Ooh, he I haven't said, seen uh, that one. He, he, okay, so first of all, he like quoted the last part of the thing this isn't cinema of human beings trying to convey emotion psychological experience to another human being he then says i first think of james gunn how his heart and guts are packed into guardians of the galaxy i revere martin scorsese i do see his point but and then i don't really quite know what he's getting at here but joss whedon says well there's a reason why i'm always angry which is a throwback to the, what the Hulk said in the Avengers movie. Right. So he's not really a fan of this. He's he also is criticizing. You know, it's n- it's nice to see another director besides uh, James Gunn kind of kind of clap back or speak out because I when I saw that that he retorted, um, one of the first things that I thought was, uh, someone is going to get mad that he essentially challenged Scorsese in the industry and. Now James Gunn is a part of another headline, and it's going to be a repeat of what last year was. You know, that's just my mind uh, yeah. went immediately to worst case scenario, and um, it's nice to see Joss Whedon uh, also add to that. Well, somebody else added to it, man, and this one's going to make you laugh. I saved it as one of the last ones. I will say uh, Samuel L. Jackson did say something. He just said, uh, you know that there's room for everybody to make these movies and films or films. He was really diplomatic and whatnot, but Jonathan Mm -hmm. Hickman, who is the writer of, uh, house of X powers of X, um, also written countless other things in the, in the Marvel comic universe Mm -hmm. said this, and he just quoted this and follow me. He said, I don't eat them. I tried, you know, but honestly, it's not actual dining. Honestly, the closest thing I can think of as well made as they are, 
with chicken doing the best it can under the circumstances are spicy hot wings. This isn't fine dining. You're just burning your fucking mouth because you love to see the world's mouths burn. And I won't have it. I won't have any fucking part of it. Mm. <coughs> he was a spicy boy. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, he's just, you know, calling him out. Calling out the colonel. Like I said, Sam Jackson said something. Uh, I have a couple other little articles, and then we're going to shift our gear here into uh, Powers of X3, because we need to get back on our coverage of that, my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that... Did you see one of the big names that recently came out uh, saying they want their slice of Fantastic Four in the direction world? Uh-uh. Ho oh, ho. All right. Well, uh, have you ever seen The Kingsman? Yeah. Okay, so the, the director of The Kingsman was Matthew Vaughn. Right. And Matthew Vaughn has done some other different things. I feel like he also did Kick-Ass. Uh... Don't quote me on that one, but he has come out directly saying that I've always loved the idea of doing Fantastic Four as it was originally written. I mean, it's one of my favorite comics, and I actually think the Fantastic Four, as a nice piece of IP, is in theory as big as Spider-Man. I think those, the value of Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, I think those are the reasons, if you're a kid, you can imagine being a part of the Fantastic Four family, and you can imagine being Peter Parker. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think Fantastic Four would be the one that would excite me the most. I think he would be a very splendid candidate to take that over. I I don't know. Fantastic Four, like I like I've said ad nauseum on the show, is just is just the hard pill to swallow for me because I've never really enjoyed um just I I mean to put it plain, I've never enjoyed the Fantastic Four. Uh Doctor Doom's always been badass and and uh, Johnny Storm's been blad- badass, but um, I mean, the th- Ben Grimm's a big rock man, and I I've always had a <clears throat> a hard time getting past that. Um, but I don't know. I I really enjoyed the Kingsman movies. They were fun. Uh, obviously, they were action packed. Um, lots of lots of witty humor in the right places. The casts were phenomenal. So. I'm, if if someone's gonna do it, I I, I totally agree. Why not him? Uh, at, at least give him a shot because if, if you're gonna step out and say, well, I mean, he did uh, he did a spy movie that was like comedic, not really, not really a good comparison here. Well, folks, let's look at the last three Fantastic Four movies we got. You can't get any worse. <laughs> True. Absolutely true. They cannot get worse. Uh, but, you know, another thing is people maybe overlooked us a little bit, but Kingsman's original IP is a comic book. So he has history of mm-hmm. adapting comic book-based IPs into movies. Uh, if he's got the heart for it, which it sounds like he does, I think he's deserving of a shot. But we'll just have to wait and is see. Is he directing what... the newest one? I think so, yeah. It's just Kingsman, I think. Yeah. The Kingsman or something. It's just like, I don't remember. Uh, I can't remember either. Yeah, I'm bad at, at that sometimes. But you know what's not bad? 
Uh, gumbo. Oh man, I bet you're jazzed for your gumbo, huh? I I am super jazzed for my gumbo. It is Matthew Vaughn. He is directing the next one as well. Okay, sweet. Yeah. So yeah, he's got his hand on that, and I, I'm sure it'll be great. So we'll just have to see where it goes. But I tell you, here's an interesting good thing. I kind of thought that it would go to the Walking Dead first. Like mm-hmm. it was a more sensible place and the real more real driven story, but the Marvel comic universe has legalized marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Kingpin. Uh, well, if it if it's gonna be anybody, it's got it's got to be Wilson Fisk. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's all thanks to him. And the latest issue of Daredevil, Fisk is trying to adjust his role as the New York City mayor. And he finds himself having dinner with the New York elite uh, and tries to meet them on equal level as they discuss his new marijuana legalization initiative. He says that he has the land for growing. He has the world's best people to cultivate it. The biggest hurdle has to has been to ensure that the licensing department rules for selling approval fall in my favor and no one else's. But it's going smoothly so far. So he's going to capitalize on weed being legal. Well, of course. But he still made weed legal. I mean, I I think this is just another another prime example of the direction that our society needs to go in. Maybe not as far as the uh, very very strong figure extorting the industry to become obnoxiously rich in capitalism, but there's there's no reason why this little green plant shouldn't be in every home in America that wants it. Well, and my, my first thought is, is like, while they're kind of using it as a, you know, Wilson Fisk is a bad guy. So the bad guy did it, you know, kind of that like spin. How interesting would it be if they took a character doesn't have to be Spider-Man. It could be fucking Cyclops. I don't know. Give me anybody who's dealing with some trauma and have them be literally cured or, you know, given, medicinal cannabis as a way to cope and like tell story that way it would be a game changer as a way to get people to see like this is why people do it it's not just oh let's get high man and have the munchies bro you know and like watch 27 hours of sports center without changing this fucking station (laughs) i i think i think logan would be the best best one to use I feel like Logan probably has smoked weed his whole existence for how long he's been alive. He was alive at a point where it didn't matter because it mm-hmm. wasn't illegal or legal. It was just like, oh, there's plant. Let me smoke. Oh, fuck yeah. I fucking, now I don't remember what the fuck I was going to do. Yeah. Now I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to take a nap and eat some Cheetos. They don't exist yet, but I wish they did. Drink. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Come here, squirrel. <laughs> I call this thing a cheetah. Oh, I like that. There you go. Uh, but uh, no, I think it's a it's a good step forward. I'm interested to see if maybe DC takes the same steps at all, or if they even acknowledge or how that's going to play out. You know, I I think I think given their track record, they are going to acknowledge that Marvel is doing it and then pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I mean, that's that's pretty spot on for their uh, their mo their modus operandi. But uh, yeah, man. So, legal weed in the DC universe would probably lead to them not having the Joker. I'm just saying, because mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have just dealt with his shit differently. Uh, yeah, the Joker movie dropped this week, bro. 
I'm hearing nothing but great things. Same. I have had several people text me, go out of their way to text me. Alex Buckles is an example. AP is an example. Uh, went out of their way to say, hey, get eyes on this movie now. You need to see this movie now. Like You have to go and experience it. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, AP saying that it's a good look at society and it you know, could be Oscar winning possibly, which is no surprise. He said, dare he say it, be the best performance of the Joker, even better than Heath Ledger, which is insane to consider. But uh, I, yeah, I'm interested in seeing it. It's doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it broke uh, it broke Venom's record for the month. Yeah, October's record was last year's Venom at eight, 80 million, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joker walked in and said, 93.5, wa-pow! Mm-hmm. It's no laughing matter. They're making some serious bank here opening weekend because it almost tied the Justice League's opening weekend. I think I think it's actually up to ninety seven million now. Really? I think I think that's the headline that I caught this morning. Maybe maybe I read it wrong. Um but I, I think it's I think it's up there. Okay, let's see. Uh, second biggest opening since Wonder Woman, but it's uh, it didn't quite surpass. They as of right now, reports are stating that it has not quite surpassed Justice League, sitting at ninety three point five million, while Justice League brought in ninety three point eight. Mm-hmm. So it is very close. And of course, like you said, those numbers could be fudged because they could have a lot of people show up tonight more than they are projecting, and that could push that number over by tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but I tell you, they got a glowing review from the king of death himself, Thanos. Did you see this? Uh-uh. Josh Brolin, man, came out and said, uh, to appreciate Joker, I believe you have to either uh, to have either gone through something so traumatic in your lifetime, and I believe most of us have, or understand somewhere in your psyche what true compassion is, which usually comes from having gone through something traumatic, unfortunately. An example mm-hmm. of dangerous compassion would be to, say, make a film made about the frailty of the human psyche and make it so raw, so brutal, so balletic, that the time, by the time you leave the theater, you not only don't want to hurt anything, but you desperately want an answer and a solution to the violence and mental health issues that have spun out of control around us. Mm. Damn. <laughs> oh, and that's not even it. Oh, my God, there's more. He went on to say more. Okay. This film makes you hurt, and only in pain do we ever want to change. It's all about the irony of trauma, a fine line between the resentment of wanting to hurt society back for raping you of a decent life, for not protecting you, and accepting what feels like an alien feeling with softening to those others who seem freakish in our era of judgment and digital damnation. Like kids in middle school, man, they can just be mean for no reason. Sometimes those awful little clicky kids breed an evil in someone that rages much later. When everyone pretends we are all back to normal, when we all thought it had just manned up and gone away. We have a Mm -hmm. habit of hating and ostracizing and dividing and sweeping our problems under the rug. Joker is simply lifting the rug and looking underneath it. Nothing more, nothing less. It's there. Oh, man. Brutal. 
Does that make wow. you want to rush to the theaters and see it? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not rush to the theaters and see it, but I definitely want to. Same, same. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, but uh, what do you say we uh crack open some powers, eh? I'm ready. Are you excited? It's been some time, folks. Mm-hmm. We uh, we have been away from our journey through the House of X, Powers of X series. Up next is Powers of X 3, if you're reading along with us. If you're not reading along, you might want to get the fuck out, because, spoiler alert, we're covering it, and we're probably going to close the show with this book for the day. So, Tyler, take it away, man. Tell us a little bit about this issue, Powers of X, Numero Trace. This is, uh, this is a pretty spicy one. Um, you know, the, the first couple panels or the first couple pages, we get a priest basically preaching about how humanity is inferior, all humans are slaves, um, they have figured out technologically how to ascend existence, basically, we get to see a pretty, a pretty, like, I was actually, I kind of forgot about it. Uh, maybe, maybe it was a little bit of trauma that I was repressing, but, um, you get a pretty controversial scene where (laughs) this priest is, uh, forcing a baby to ascend and it's this little, this little black orb that's just turning this baby into tech, black technology and like space smoke. I don't, it's hard to explain, um, but I, I really enjoyed those first couple scenes because you get right after that you see an explosion and you get to see, you know, the 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 typical superhero entrance with the pose. Um, we get a lot of Zorn in this episode or in the, in this issue, which I I, I like. Yeah, it's and this character get, uh, we don't get to see very much. Yeah, and you get Rasputin and Cardinal mm-hmm. with him as well as that's not Magneto, by the way. North. That character is North. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know much about the character North, but I'm sure we're going to be learning. You know, this weekend was uh, NYCC New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. and they revealed what's coming after the House of X Powers of X series is done, which is Dawn of X, which is the full-blown rebirth of the X-Men in the Marvel Comic Universe. Cool. So I'm sure we'll have to be peeping that but yeah uh zorn's dope man and he's uh he's he's like talking about his nihilism and he's like you know even though i'm nihilistic and i kind of saw the apocalypse coming or whatever like i kind of wish there was more pride and grace to the fall of man Mm -hmm. like because this is this is it it's all they have yeah it's all it's all i got left peter and out I like that we get a little graphic of the surviving soul mutants, though. Mm-hmm. Again, with the infographics yeah. and just filling us in. Yeah, like like I like we've said, uh, you know, pretty much every time, um, every time we talk about it, I think that these little dossiers or infographics or or however you want to uh, label them, I think these not only tell as much story as the actual main book itself, but I mean, they, they, they give us the ability to, they explain things that would normally be really hard to explain if you had to put a bunch of art to it, I feel like. 
You know what I mean? Yes. Like if you had to use text to narrate mm-hmm. the deeper meanings of what's going on and what they're trying to explain to you through mutant genetics, through the code of history, um, and 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 instead of inundating you with almost Watchmen level panels where you've got twelve little tiny squares and every right. square has four hundred lines of text, you know. They're like, here, it's easy to read. It's easy to understand. You don't feel confused by it. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a little simplistic, but I'm not mad at it. Oh, my God. Nimrod is a gangster. What is up, mm-hmm. Nimrod? Freak. He's just in his uh, own world. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to go through the surviving soul mutants real quick before we move on? Oh, yeah. I just I accidentally scrolled forward, and I just saw a picture of him, and I was like, Jesus, he's a freak. <laughs> so I like the way that they... Excuse me. I like the way that they did this first uh, uh, infographic. It has Apocalypse as, you know, not necessarily the progenitor of all mutants, but he's basically the top of the food chain. And then you have the four horsemen of Apocalypse. You have war, death, pestilence, and famine, just like normal. But each, each horseman is a corresponding mutant. So you have Wolverine, uh, who's a pureblood. Death is Zorn. He's also a pure blood. Pestilence is uh, North, who is a combination of Dane Fro- or Dane and Frost. He's a the second generation uh, Chimera. Famine is uh, a combination of Krakoa and Cipher. Yeah, that's so it's walking like, Krakoa. Mm-hmm. And then the next infographic shows like their subordinates. So Silobel's gone. We saw that a couple of issues ago. Uh Rasputin is there, Cardinal's there, Percival we also saw go, and then at the very bottom uh we see Mother who I can't actually read the text below it on my page. Let me see if I can do that. I see it says pure blood, but I don't know Akaba mutant. Okay. Yeah, not, not uh, ringing a bell with me. Not certain what a kaba means. <laughs> but the 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 important thing I think to notice off of this is that Silobel and Percival we know are gone. Their outlines are there, but they're dotted. None of their uh, graphic is filled in. And then you get to Mother, who is uh, paint er, the it, the it's colored different. So everyone else's character. Or, or little uh, picture is shaded with black. This one is all white. Um, black outline and has yep. black text instead of white, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what or who this character is moving forward. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've been introduced to Mother or not, or maybe it, it's, the, again, the great tease that, you know, is ever eluding us. But uh, we go back to Nimrod with his cyborg companion here and she's mm-hmm. like hey church of ascendancy's on fire and he doesn't even ba- he doesn't it doesn't bother him he's just focused on his work he's like whatever yeah he's deal. just doing his thing she's like seriously like this is this could be bad like maybe someone's coming to attack us and they're like mutants are going to attack a church like are you dumb and she's like i'm serious we're their enemy now like this is bad we need to pay attention, and all of a sudden you see all these, like, triangles with the exclamation point of danger, 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 danger. 
mm-hmm. and it's a lot. And she just stands there staring at him, silent. Just like, are you going to recognize what's happening around you? Or are you going to be an idiot right now? And he's like, what? What's going on? You know? Mm-hmm. And um, she says they need to investigate what's going on. He's like, I'm going to just do my own thing. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to investigate. Um, but uh, Su- Suit yourself. Yep, suit yourself. I'll go alone. And uh, he's like, I always do. I always do suit myself, which is funny and ironic. Mm-hmm. But uh, we get uh, Cardinal taking out some guards in the quiet. I can't tell who is that floating above him. That's North. Oh, that is North. Okay, I wasn't certain. So you've got, you know, he takes out this guard, and the guard just says that he's doing it for his god. And then, oh, my God, Sentinels. Lots of them. What the fuck, dude? These are like um, almost, uh, what, what do you actually call those? I can't remember. I don't remember. Damn it. There, it's not sentinel. It's a different word. It's a C word. Celestials. Mm, They're almost yeah. celestial size. Yeah, they're they're beefy, for they sure. There are some beefy boys. Um, but uh, Zorn and Rasputin are kind of reserved to the fact they're probably going to die on this battlefield. Mm-hmm. I really gonna... like. I really like what Zorn says. Finally, sweet annihilation. I have waited so long for this day to arrive. They brought everyone as expected. And and uh, uh, Rasputin's like, we need to hold them off, Zorn. Distract them. Yeah. And he's just, he's just like, yes, I finally get to do it. I'm going to die. So while everyone is causing this great distraction up front, uh, Apocalypse, Wolverine, and Krakoa Mm-hmm. Are sneaking in the back to the data mine. Doing a little little sneaking in the back door. Mm, reconnaissance mission. Sneaking in mm-hmm. the back door sometimes is an accident. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's on purpose. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, they're just saying, like, listen, Nimrod's going to know that we're here once we start doing what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. Like, once we go for this data, it's going to trigger the alarms and it's bad. So, you know, I I really like this line from Apocalypse in the in the top panel, uh, where it says, "I am older even than the idea of machines. In that time, I have changed, but the smell of Thebes never has. There is death here." So Apocalypse is so, uh, like omniscient that, or 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 just has experienced so much time. That all of this information that's in this data bank is like living information. It's all mutants that have been broken down and basically have been digitized. He has been around so long that he can recognize that without having any of that any of that information. And I, I mean, it just that one little bo- block, um, I think, is really awesome. Yeah, and of course, Wolverine tells him, he's like, you apparently haven't been on the planet very long because that's how it smells all the time because they've been doing this so long. It's a giant mine of mutants. So uh, the alert finally goes off, and 
now we know that Nimrod is coming. Mm-hmm. And he's not very cool. He's like, ah, some other agenda indeed. He's figured out Apocalypse and them are there. Krakoa gets this crystal that they've been trying to use for the, to essentially what they're, I think, storing the data on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolverine realizes something's off. And he's like, something's not right. Boom, lightning strikes because, as we said, Nimrod is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lightning strike kind of melts away most of Logan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I thought it, I thought for a second, you know, as I was reading this uh, originally, just looking at that top panel, I thought almost, you know, this might be at, at least in this timeline, the uh, legitimate death of Logan, where Nimrod just straight vaporizes him. You know, full disintegration. Yep, you pop you pop down to the next panel and and he's just severely wounded, very melted. Uh, looks like Cardinal doesn't make it. He took some damage, possibly dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rasputin is standing with Zorn and, and her uh, sword. What's up? And her sword, her her fucking nine foot long sword. Yeah, and she is talking about how. Uh, you know, they're resolved to the fact they're probably going to have to die and uh, that she's not going to tell this cy- cyborg. I can't remember the cyborg's name, the red-faced cyborg for some reason. But I, I can't remember it either. Uh, essentially, I think stay- it's only said once. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, listen, I've got this singularity that we can do and... Uh, it's a bad idea. Don't fucking come near me. And she's like, oh, you're not going to fuck with me. You're just talking, you know, you're just essentially trying to stall and save time. Um, and she does it. Yeah, yeah be- right before she does it, Zorn says, no, come closer. This is the ending I have always wanted. <laughs> yeah, he's like stoked. He's like, this is going to be great, you guys. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna pop this party off right. So they explode, poof, and uh, there is a singularity. It knocks Nimrod back. Uh, Apocalypse tries to give the data to Wolverine. He's like, "Take this. You know what to do with it." And Wolverine's like, "No, you go. I'll stay." And Apocalypse is like, "If you could see how you look right now, you would realize how foolish that sounds." Go, I'll be right behind you. And of course, Krakoa opens up, and it's Nimrod v. Apocalypse. What the shit? What a battle! Mm-hmm. It's uh, three Nimrods versus Apocalypse. Yes, good eye on you. Does he split? So he splits himself. I don't know if he splits himself or um, there is just always copies of Nimrod everywhere. You know what I mean? Ugh. Yeah, he's kind of like got that Ultron thing going on. Mm-hmm. So, Wolverine gets back to the tomb where the mutants were originally, and while this is while this battle is happening, um, and I tell you, Apocalypse did a good job. He took out one of the Nimrods, but three was still too much. Yep, and they got him. And inside of this tomb, that uh. Apocalypse had at the base mm-hmm. 
is Moira X. Yep. Holy shit. And we kind of get the realization of what's happening. They're giving this Moira the information she needs to carry out the plan that has been set in motion since her second life, essentially. Mm-hmm. Since she realized what she is and what she has to become. And Logan's really sad because while he gives her the information she needs, he knows what also is coming next, man. What did you think of that final panel and kind of what they set up here? Uh, I So it starts out, Moira says, what now? And Logan, with his back turned, with his head hanging low, says, if we succeeded, the old man said to send you on your way because there's nothing left to save here. And he says, I'm sorry. And, and Moira is... It, it, I think at first she, she hasn't realized what he's talking about. She says, it's okay. I have what I need now. And this... And I think when she pauses there, then she realizes, well... uh well, my time's up, I guess. <laughs> this is and how she, Life 10 is going to go. Yep, and she says, this is what you do. And Logan just straight mercs her right in the gut. And I li- I really like that the end, that final little box in the last panel is almost like the light going out of a star. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, beautifully said. Just so ended of that. So ended the ninth life of Moira X. Yeah, ninth, not tenth, my fault. Mm-hmm. No, it's all right. And then the last, so two things that I want to, I, I do want to read before we close out here. Sure. So, so the last page is another one of these little info documents, and it says, and should forever end, let me die in battle, surrounded by my fallen enemies and with blood on my sword. That's from Apocalypse. Let me go all the way back to the beginning here. This book opens up with Apocalypse saying, I am immortal and I have no end. So it's really nice to like to have just this these these little um, not necessarily one liners, but these little quips. Because I would imagine that this is something that, that Apocalypse said before before Moira joined his cause. And then the 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 phrase that you get at the end of the book is it just shows how over Apocalypse's lifetime and Moira's involvement in his lifetime, how his philosophy has changed. Absolutely. Because in the beginning, there, there's there's not a reality where he even entertains the idea of uh, not existing because he's immortal. And in that, that final little info document, in my mind, Moira has touched him not sexually for any of you that are going there. Maybe, maybe he, maybe she did. I don't know. Um, but she has made an impact on him to where, with the circumstances in this ninth existence and everything else, he realizes that even even he can, even he can be, you know, done basically. Yeah, at some point he might have to fall in order to save the greater good because he's witnessed her do it time and time again. Right. Kind of. I mean. Absolutely. So, you know, we're building here, and I tell you, by the time we're to next episode, Tyler, I don't know if you're aware of this, but 
there's only one issue left to release. Mm-hmm. Every issue is out except for Powers of X six. So we're right there on the end of this story, even though we're just about halfway here with our coverage mm-hmm. on Journey into Comics. Uh, I feel like if we had uh, more time this week, we were going to try to cover the, the House of X issue three as well. But uh, in the interest of scheduling, we're going to leave you guys with that one. Tyler, was there anything else we wanted to dive into before we get out of here, my brother? No, I, no, I think we uh, I think we took care of it. It was a nice... Uh, just casual, laid back episode. It was nice to get to get back in the swing of uh, the 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 comic series for sure. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll to... maybe we'll try and record one sometime this week so we can get a little bit closer back on track. Ooh, I like that. I like where your head's at, my friend. All right, folks. Well, before we go, let's let you know where you can get us. You can check out the Journey into Comics podcast on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Also, go to patreon.com backslash journeyintocomics. Give us a dollar. We'll give you a holler. And so much more. Folks, we want to thank you guys for checking out 264th episode of Journey Into Comics. I totally fucked that up. I have been Nate. And I've been Tyler. And as always, folks, pop your caps back. And fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.